Father, we thank you for your presence as we come to your word. Holy Spirit, would you just speak into our hearts? Lord, as only you can, by the power of your spirit, anoint my lips, anoint our ears to hear our hearts, to receive our minds to focus in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning I'm going to speak on a whole different angle. I'm not going to hit you over the head on surrender again or sacrifice or anything like that. All right. Uh, so one of the greatest tools of reaching lost people, family, friends for Christ is found in John 13, 35, which says, by this all will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's really taken me by amazing surprise that God is asking us and called us at church, uh, not at, church, at New Zealand and beyond to, um, to be a champion for love. You know, usually you're a champion for power and a champion for lost souls, and we do, do that as well. But he said, no, no, I want you to add this dimension in a champion for love. So, I'd never think of it myself, by the way. And it's really taken me by surprise. But if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. If we're called to help reach the lost people of this nation, and the Bible says, by this will all people know you are my disciples, if you love one another, then clearly love has to be a major ingredient in everything that we do. There was one pastor who said he attended to New Zealand Beyond, and he said he had just come back, not for the preaching, not for the music and the worship. He said just for the warmth and the welcome he experienced. He said this was just amazing. I remember when he said that, it really got my attention. I believe that many are going to come to New Zealand and beyond just to be loved, almost more than anything else. And with that, they're going to find healing, restoration, and strength. So the challenge for us all is this. We have got 11 days, okay, to, before New Zealand and beyond to be clothed with love and to fill that trust arena with God's love for everybody who attends now, as Church Unlimited, you're already good at this, but we're going to take it at the conference to a whole new level. So please, when you come and as you come, leave grumpy behind. Now, I'm not talking about your husband, all right? I'm not talking about your wife. I'm talking about you. Leave grumpy behind, all right? Uh, leave, leave stress behind. We don't want to bring you into conference, all right? Leave complaints behind, bad attitudes at home, and be an agent of healing and love at this year's New Zealand Beyond Conference, and it's going to take it to a whole new stratosphere in God. You know, we're, we're reasonably good, we're good at this, but we're going to do better this year. And what I think about, what an amazing strategy for God to give us for New Zealand Beyond. It's, have, have, is it, I wonder if anyone else has ever heard of God giving a strategy for running a national conference in Auckland and Christchurch and saying, hey, I want there be the strategy that I'm giving you is to love everybody who comes. I've never heard of that before. Isn't that good of God? By His Spirit to reveal? And yet it makes so much sense because how are people going to know God loves them? Through the love we have for one another. That's how people are going to turn to Jesus. So I know I've been, been thinking about this a bit lately, and I want you to, I'm actually preaching to myself this morning, all right? So feel free to listen. Listen in as I talk to myself. But I've been challenged by 1 Corinthians 13. I mean, uh, some, of, some people love this uh, passage of Scripture. I hate it. I, great, I wish it wasn't in the Bible. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah, here we go. All right. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. I wish they could cross that one out of the Scriptures. I don't know. It shouldn't be there. 
Though I have faith, the gift of pro- though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though I have all faith, so I could move mountains. You know, we say, wow, he can move mountains. Awesome. But have not love. I'm nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to the feed the poor, and though I give up my body to be burned, have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long. How many love that? Do you like that? Thank you for the response I'm getting this morning. It's just so awesome. You're obviously right into this message. Love suffers long. It's kind. Does not envy. Does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Not pro- Everyone say, I am not provoked. Is that the truth? Right? It's the Bible. So I said, I don't like this scripture. At least, I, at least I'm owning up to it, all right? Not like some of you thinking, oh, this is a wonderful passage of scripture. No, it's not. It's, it's terrible. But it is in the Bible. And then it says, um, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Bears all things. Yeah, okay. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. Now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is? Yeah, your response was about as weak as West Auckland as well. But that's all right. I'm going to keep preaching. I, said, I actually threatened to stop preaching this morning at West. I said, look, if that's the response I'm getting, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm not going to preach the rest of this. So they, then they cranked it up a little bit after that. So <clears throat> I'm one of those. I desire to speak with the tongues of men and of angels. I mean, I just, in my zone, I want to do that. But then I read this verse and says, yeah, Tuck, but without love, you're just a clanging symbol. I thought, oh, I don't really like that. I want to have faith that moves mountains. I'm, you know, I'm a breakthrough man, mountain-moving faith. You know, let's punch it out. Let's knock this mountain down. God says, great. But if you don't have love, you're nothing. I'm thinking, Jesus, this is so hard. At New Zealand and beyond, you will hear some people speak with the tongues of men and angels. There will be speakers there with mountain-moving faith. I'm telling you, there will be. And we all want that. We're not going to take that away. But greater than that will be an atmosphere of wonderful love. Anybody with me this morning? So your attendance as a delegate or a volunteer is really significant. In fact, it's a key to the blessing of New Zealand Beyond on an ongoing basis in helping to reach this nation. See, the love of God off the stage is possibly more important than what happens on the stage. Mm. So maybe in all our brochures and those DVDs, it shouldn't have the speakers on it. It should have all of you. Because you're going to make the conference happen with your love overflowing to every person who walks inside those doors. So, you know, every person on earth is desperate to be loved. Do we understand that? You know, we're created with a deep inbuilt need to be loved. It's the essential foundation upon which we develop. If love is the greatest, then maybe the greatest power on the universe is not great preaching, is not mountain-moving faith, is not working of miracles. The greatest power in the universe is probably love. And the, when a person is truly loved, the impact of them for good is huge. There's a sociology class in Baltimore, and they did a study of 200 people, and they made a conclusion that they were all useless and no hopers and wouldn't amount to nothing. And so 25 years later, a sociology professor just happened to decide to do a follow-up study and located 180 of the 200. And of the 180, they found that 176 of them 
had become successful. Some were doctors, some were lawyers, others were ministers, and some had success in business. 176 of the 180 who were, had no chance became successful. When he asked each of them, when he asked each of them how they were able to escape their predicted future, they all pointed to the same teacher. So this professor went and found the teacher and he asked her, what did you do that so transformed these lives of people who weren't going to achieve anything? And do you know what she said? She said, I love them. And they knew it. The transforming power of love is just an amazing thing. Matthew 22, 36, 39. Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So love God first, then out of that, you love people. Love God first and love people. It's uh, more than just a a natural love, because the Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So it's the love of God. There's not, you know, there's a lot of humanistic natural love out there, and I think at the end of the day, that's going to struggle, because it's not balanced by the true love of God, which is unconditional, but yet it has parameters around it. It's not free love. It's love shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is so important, isn't it? So maybe think about this. If if love is the greatest, and it is the greatest power in the universe, then maybe the the two areas that we should passionately pray about for ourselves more than anything else should be one, to love God, and two, to love people. I wonder where... Thinking of myself, we're loving, loving God. I find that's, yeah, I can keep that right up there. But a passion to love people as a, one of my burning, passionate prayers, it's not, a, it's not high enough up the list as it should be. If love's what's going to reach this world for Jesus, wow, we need God to fill us with love. You know, we talk a lot, don't we, about a, um, every so often you hear, about a, um, a baptism of fire. You know, day of Pentecost, tongues of fire on everyone's head. And we're like, yeah, God, send the fire. What about a baptism of love as well? Fire and love at New Zealand Beyond will cause an atomic explosion in the spirit. Maybe my media ministry should have been called not running with fire, but running with love. But I couldn't live up to that. So we just leave it at running with fire for now. Maybe change it someday, running with fire and love. We can add that on later on, but I'm not ready for that right now. You know, you reap what you sow. Carl Menninger, a great psychiatrist, he asked, was asked what a lonely, unhappy person should do. There's a lot of those people around, aren't there? He said, lock the door behind you, go across the street, find someone hurting and help them and forget about yourself. It's not easy to do, but I think there's a lot of truth in that. You know, growing up, we can have every need provided for. We can be raised in comfort. But if love expressed physically and in words is missing, the damage in lives is huge. Parents, love your kids. Just love them, especially when they're young. Well, any age, but 
you know, love is so important. They, if that, that love is missing, that, you know, it just does so much harm. And God created us, and he knows more than anything else that we need love. So when Jesus walked the earth, he just overflowed with this amazing love for everybody. And that's why it's the fastest growing religion. Well, billions are finding Christ all around the world. I want you to think about this. As you read the Bible, it just seems to me that God satisfies an eternal appetite by loving people. Loving people seems to satisfy his inner being. And I want to suggest to you that there is an appetite within us that wants to be satisfied. And it's an appetite not just to be loved, but also to love other people. And it's almost like there's a void within us. There's an emptiness if we don't step into this part of us that needs to be satisfied. We're made in the image of God. If God has an appetite within him that needs to be satisfied of loving people, I think that's in us as well. If you love people, you reap what you sow, you will also be loved. The more you love people, the more people will love you. And nobody loves me. <laughs> that would have to be my own fault, wouldn't it? If nobody loves me, it would be because I don't love anyone. The more you love people, the more people will love you. On the cross, Jesus said it's finished. But there's another sound I think that can be heard as you reflect on the cross. And it's a sound, it's a shout of God crying out to human beings, I love you. Not only is it finished, but I love you. When you consider Jesus dying on the cross, listen for his voice saying to you, this is how much I love you. Don't just look at the cross and the suffering of Jesus. You look at that as well. But beyond that, look at this. Hear the words, it is finished. But hear another shout. I love you. I love you. Every step on the Calvary Road as Jesus had the cross on his back and he's whipped and beaten and bruised and he's taking every step towards the, towards the cross, every step on the Calvary Road was saying to you, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. All the way to the cross, Jesus was saying with every step, I love you. Someone said this, love was compressed for all history in that lonely figure on the cross. Wow, isn't that amazing? It's almost like all the love of history, you just put, you took all the love of the world, you compressed it all down into one place. Some say it was there on the cross. For God so loved the world, he sent his only son. Whoever believes in him would perish but not have ever, and would have everlasting life. On the cross, he could have called down angels to rescue him. But he chose not to. Why? Because he saw you. Yeah, he saw you. He saw you. So he didn't call down angels. He gave his life out of great love for you. Sometimes the greatest act of love is availability. Just being available. Job's friends, we all know about Job, don't we? They were very insensitive to his suffering. They gave terrible advice, condemned him, you know, upset him and all the rest of it. But they did sit in silence for seven days just to be with their suffering friend. Guess what? That was their best ministry. Once they opened their mouths, they wrecked it all. Right? 
For seven days, they had the ministry of heaven because they shut up. You know, sometimes when people are struggling and hurting, man, you, you really want to zip it, mostly, because you're probably going to say the wrong thing. But when someone's suffering and you don't know what to say, listen, don't stay away. Be there. Be there. Presence, availability is a great form of love. When someone's lost a loved one, you don't know what to say. Well, don't say anything. Just be there. Just be there. Tony Campolo, that preacher of yesteryear, I don't know if he still preaches now, he's going to a funeral service and he ended up in the wrong parlor. It's a bit of a mistake, isn't it? And in the parlor, there's this elderly man who just died, and there's only one mourner. It's his wife, elderly lady. She looked so lonely that he decided to stay for the funeral. Incredible, eh? wonder how many of us would do that. Anyway, she did, he did. And then because there was no one else, he even drove her to the graveside. And then after the funeral was sort of over, he decides he better own up to this lady and says, actually, I didn't know your husband at all. And the widow said, I thought as much. I didn't recognize you, but it didn't really matter. She squeezed Tony's arm and said, you will never, ever know what this means to me. Available. Presence is love. Challenging, isn't it? If you think about it, when you ask people who asked you, who helped you the most, they're not going to normally point to some scientist or philosopher or even preacher, I reckon. Mostly, they're going to say it was some quiet, unassuming person who was available, who hugged, who touched, who listened, who even cried. So love is the greatest, and maybe it will receive the greatest eternal rewards in heaven. This ministry of love, as I said, I'm just preaching to myself. I, I really did, I don't like this message. If you don't like it, join me, all right? But it's there. It's, it's, there's a bit of Bible in this as well, so it has to be preached. I'll get it out of the way, and I won't preach it again for 10 years, all right? But just get it out of the way for once, all right? But, you know, to have this great ministry of love, and, and maybe it's the greatest of all ministries, just maybe, with, with massive eternal rewards, you don't, you don't need a degree. You don't have to be popular. You don't need to be good looking. You don't have to have highly gifts, gifted. You don't even have to be, have, um, be charismatic. And you can still have this, one of the greatest of all ministries in the body of Christ. So maybe, just maybe, in the church today, the ministries we should admire the most are not actually on the platform, but they're actually sitting in the pew, getting on with the love of God, by this shall all men know, you are my disciples when you have loved one for another. It just flips everything on its head, doesn't it? Because we just love to admire the, the success and the stories and the, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. Those with, you know, 50,000 Instagram followers and a million Facebook followers or 20 million or 60 million, all the rest of it. We just love the heroes. 
Well, I think God sees it differently. It's just my opinion. It's such a good point, I'd drink to that. <laughs> I want you to think about something else. There's a lot of people in society today, including Christians, who have suffered a lot, who have faced incredible adversity and probably still facing it even today. There's some, of, some sitting right here today. And some of them actually think that God's forgotten them. He doesn't care. And he doesn't love them. And we know that's not true. But a lot of people feel that. Too many people feel that. So here's the question. How will they ever actually know that God does love them? How will they actually, some of them even know that there is a God, but particularly one who loved them? Do you know how they're going to know that God loves them? Through you and me. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are his heart. And when we love people, they begin to think, wow, maybe this God actually does love me. Just think of the times you have been loved by people. I remember some years ago, I touched, I, there was an ex-pastor, and I happened to walk past him, and I just touched him on, on the shoulder. As I walked past, touched him on the shoulder for five seconds, probably not even that, probably as I walked past, maybe two seconds. I heard back through someone else, he lived off that touch for three months. This is an ex-pastor, successful one. That's how much love can impact people. And these people who feel God has left them, they're only going to know God loves them through you and me. That's why love is so, so important. People are going to come to our conference, New Zealand Beyond, they're going to think God has forgotten me, he's abandoned me, he's left me. But they're going to come to the conference and discover, no, he has not. Because of your love and my love, they're going to be restored and healed and strengthened. C.S. Lewis, that great writer, said, said this. I was surprised to read this from this great man of God who just, I mean, he, he was a legend of the faith. And he said this with regards to his wife's death. He said, at the moment of his most profound need, God, who seemed always available to him, suddenly seemed distant and absent. Wow. Aren't you glad some people are honest enough to tell you this stuff? We're called to be his hands and his feet. Luke 15 verse 1 says, The tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. It always interests me that in the Bible, I can't quite put my head around it. Well, I sort of can, but lost people were always running to Jesus. Sinners were always running to Jesus. They weren't running away from him. They wanted to hear him. They wanted to listen to him. He's called a friend of sinners. So he, why was it? Well, it wasn't because he had an easy message. <laughs> it wasn't because he had a compromised lifestyle. It wasn't even at that stage because of his miracles at that point when that was said. I reckon the reason they wanted to hear Jesus and they ran to listen to him was because he loved them unconditionally. He just loved them. See, the Pharisees 
judge them, condemn them, criticize them. So no one listened to the Pharisees. They didn't reach anybody. They all ran to Jesus, who just loved them. And something we have to learn, I understand, friends, I think it's absolutely right for us to be indignant at the way the world is going, the immorality, the sin, and all, all the stuff that's out there. We, I think we could rightly be upset about that. And we can rightly hate the sin. But let's just be so careful we don't hate the sinner in the process. You hate the sin, but you love the sinner. But the problem is the line is so fine, yet we just slip over that line so easily. So we hate the sin and we end up hating the sinner as well until we get pulled up and think, hey, that's not going to work. Love is the greatest, always has been, always will be. We must pray for righteousness and pursue righteousness, but never at the expense of love. When love goes, we betray the kingdom of heaven. See, anything that lacks love does not represent the kingdom of heaven. Romans 5 verse 8, God demonstrates his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, unconditional love is a foundation of human transformation. Think about that. And with that foundation, Christianity has exploded across the world with billions coming to know Christ through the unconditional love of God. And we can join in God's great love mission as individuals through the vehicle of New Zealand and beyond that God's given us to help turn this nation to Jesus. You see, you think about it. Isn't it a love mission? It's a mission founded on love, based on love, unconditional. It's all at the core of the gospel is love, the love of God. So I think at the core of New Zealand and beyond needs to be love as well. And we join in the love mission of reaching a broken world for Jesus. I, I can't think of anything much more exciting than that personally. Okay, Colossians 3, 14, above all these things, put on love. This is good news. We can put on love like we put on clothes every day. Don't wait till you feel like loving someone. You probably never will. Don't feel like, won't wait till you feel like loving me. You probably never will. Just do it anyway. Okay, love each other. Love, love Pastor Julian. Even if you don't feel like it, just do it. Put on love. <laughs> Grayson, well, I don't know if you can get there. You can try, but you have put on Seven layers trying to love that guy, and it's still not got there. He's a challenge, that's true. So even when you're having a bad hair day, got out of the wrong side of the bed, you're in a bad mood, don't wait for feelings, just love. Matthew 7 verse 12, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. So this preacher at a restaurant, and the uh, waitress was being uh, very unhelpful. She was, made them feel like they were a nuisance, she was grumpy, she was negative, and the daughter said to her dad, She's a grump. Any grumps here today, by the way? One. One, two. Three. You know, at West, we didn't have one grump. They're all grumps there. That's why I'm here. Can't bear being there the whole time. Anyway. So the preacher pulls out some money and he says, oh, can you go to the waitress and says, it gives it to her and says, can you go and get me some change for this money? I want to give you a good tip today. Grumpy waitress, it's not what I would do. Anyway, she raced off and came back with some change and for the next 15 minutes, she was really, really nice. She couldn't have been more helpful. 
the end of the lunch, the preacher thanked her and left her a good tip. The, dad, the daughter said to the dad, did you notice how that lady changed? And he told his daughter, if you want people to act right towards you, then act right towards them. The waitress didn't deserve to be treated kindly, and it, the result won't always be that dramatic, all right? Well, I wish it would be. But Romans 12, 21 does say, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It's how you overcome it. It's the only way you can overcome it. So in life, in life, or at New Zealand and beyond, someone may be grumpy. They may not treat you well. What will you do? You're going to give them a good tip. Meaning, you're going to be extra kind to them and love them even more. Love conquers and is the greatest of all. John 13, verse 35. By this shall all men know you are my disciples when you have love one for another. Now abide faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of all is love. Amen? Thank you. So on that note, when you, if this resonates with you and you have a capacity to love people, why don't you join us at New Zealand Beyond? You might have thought, well, why, why should I go? I don't need to hear any more speakers. I don't need another conference. I, I don't, you know, da-da. And, you, and you may be true, maybe right. But what about the love you can bring to the conference? to help turn this nation to Jesus. We want a baptism of God's love at New Zealand and beyond 18. And that may just be the greatest vehicle of transformation for this nation. You know, it's all we can preach, we can move mountains, but hey, I think the challenge of the Spirit for you and for me as the musicians would please come is that we fill our hearts with love, leave grumpy behind, leave stress behind, Leave all that negativity behind and just come and love people. And just imagine if people left New Zealand beyond 18 saying, wow, there was such love in that place. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't you like that? Yes. Baptism of fire and a baptism of love. And with that, we will help turn this nation to Jesus.